With one hand, we reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers. And with the other, we reach forward to the purpose, the power of God for a new generation. He said, Paul said, look, I've lived in front of you. If you don't think that God has allowed me to learn how to live by faith, you need an eye doctor. Remember when God gave a man a prophecy over in the 1,200-seat building? He said, I see cars lined up from 33 to 70. Now, at that time, there wasn't anything between here and 70 but one Perkins house of pancake and prophecy. That's all there was. Cornfields. And he said, I see it. And he said, I see lights that look like a city. You ever drive by here at night? Especially if you come that way instead of this way. All I'm telling you is that find people that have lived circumspectly, people that have learned to live by faith, people that abide by holiness, people that love their wives and their children, people that train them to know the Lord. You see? That's what he said. Confirmed by the integrity of my life, Paul said to Timothy. And then he said to that young boy, deposit into the faithful leaders, not all the leaders, the faithful leaders who are competent to teach. Supposed to be everybody. Competent to teach the congregations the same revelation, not a different revelation, not a new heavy revy, not something to blow up on social media. The foundational, doctrinal, theological truths handed down from generation to generation by holy men and women of God. Watch. And we are admonished, you and I. Everybody perk up your ears now, because I presented a new vision this year. I don't present one, you know, here are the 12 new visions for this year. Right? The apex of all Christian endeavor. That's vision. That's vision. We're gonna reach children. That's vision. So we are admonished to learn so that we can teach our children. Now, Buzz, you and Karen, what's your oldest child's age, youngest child? 37. Well, I remember when they were running around here this big, don't I? Yes, you do. Elder Canfield, what's your youngest child? Help him, Paula. 47, I remember when you carried them around, don't I? I remember them in elementary school at Harvest Preparatory School. I remember them in junior high school. I remember them in high school. I remember what outstanding students they were. And I thank Paula for giving them her mind. Yes, me too. Me too. 
<laughs> so my point is, you don't have any children. Miss, Miss Cherise, she doesn't have any natural children. You with me? You don't have any natural children. Now, the Yoders, they ended up with children, unfortunately, because the church isn't strong enough to get the right kind of leadership in this country. So tens and hundreds of thousands of our citizens are falling dead. Like their son and daughter-in-law who left three little children who are in the Harvest Preparatory School as well, straight A's. And, and, but before that, your children were all grown, right? My children are grown, so I'm exempt. No, that's how we act, though. 40% of the homes in the United States of America, you work with them, are single mother homes. 40%. Where are the men of the church to come alongside those families and help those little boys and help those little girls? This is doctrine. We're supposed to teach our children. Some of you in all kinds of hell because you didn't do it. Let your 12-year-old stay home and watch TV and do schoolwork. God, help your soul. God, help your soul. Teach them. This is doctrine. Go, I, could, I could take that one point and I could go through your Bible and not stop for a year about what we're supposed to be training our children. And I don't mean just your natural children. I'm talking about our children. This is so good. You don't believe it? Deuteronomy 11. You must love the Lord your God. And number one. Number two, you must keep his charge. Number three, you must keep his statutes. Number four, you must keep his laws and his commandments part of the time. Always. Therefore, you must fix these words of mine in your heart, in your soul, bind them as a sign upon your hand. Now, the, the Jewish sages and rabbis, they have phylacteries, isn't that it? And, they, and they, they have the word of God in a little black box. And they wrap that all around their arms, taking this literally. And on your hand so that they may be as frontlets of your eyes. 
between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children. Hold on now because he's not finished. Speaking of them when you sit in your house. When you walk to the school bus. When you lie down in your bed. And when you rise up from your bed. Training them. Teaching them. In time past, there have been foundational pillars. And and those pillars defined what it means to be a Christian. You used to be able to identify believers. How easy is it now? We walk like them. We talk like them. We dress like them. We behave like them. When I was growing up, and I know I'm ancient. I understand that. I understand that. But I watched myself preach in the 90s. My message has not changed one bit. I may not run as much and climb the tops of the seats, but the message has never changed. Listen to me. We live in a gray culture. When I was growing up, Miss Joni the same. Miss Joni talks about in the little tiny town she was raised in when our bicycles were our connection to the world. She talks about they were close enough they could walk. They attended the Methodist church before I got a hold of them. And then I got them all born again, talking in tongues, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost. The whole family, cousins, sisters, brother-in-laws, all of them. I baptized them. I baptized my wife. Whoo! I, I baptized her daddy. I baptized her sisters. I baptized their husbands. I baptized their children. Because we grew up in not a gray culture where there were no absolutes. And Joni talks about they would walk to church and they would stop at this one house. Now that's the only time they were allowed to go near that house because those people didn't go to church. Those people drank a lot. Now they'd go knock on their door and invite them to church. But at that time, if people didn't have some connection to God, people stayed away except to talk to them about God. Can you imagine living in a world like that? Where there are only a few people, maybe two or three on your street 
that weren't up when you were on Sunday morning and you waved to each other in your nice clothes as you went off to church? That's the world I lived in. I lived in a world where you could better get your gas on Saturday because it's closed on Sunday. My family lived next to Great Southern Shopping Center. It was before there were malls. And my sister and I, we'd get home from church on Sunday, and we'd go over to that parking lot where everybody left the baskets out, and we'd push each other in them all around that parking lot because there wasn't anybody there. Ain't nobody going shopping on Sunday, playing ball on Sunday. We were in church. We had to get back for the night service too. We had to get there for choir rehearsal on Sunday. The Lord's Day. Remember when it was the Lord's Day instead of the Lord's hour and a half? Yeah, it was called the Blue Law. Anyway, people today identify, air quotes, identify as Christians. And because you identify as a Christian does not mean you is one. I said because you identify as a Christian does not mean you is one. Thou shalt not kill unless it's a baby you don't want. That's identifying. Understand? So on and so forth. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and even the more so as you see that day approaching. Unless, you know, your kid's got some homework. Whatever. I mean, fill in the blank. It, you know, I asked a guy the other day, I said, I haven't seen you in church for a while. He said, my lawnmower's broke. I said, first of all, there's no such word as broke. It's broken, but I'm correcting your grammar in my head. Anyway, anyway, uh, he said, he said, he said, <laughs> I know she does it too. Anyway, um, he said, my lawnmower's broke. I said, well, what in the world difference does that make? He said, none. But one excuse is good as another. <laughs> amen. And amen, said the church. Amen. The real church. Amen. Not the faux church. Not the fake church. Not the identifying as the church. The real thing. Blood bought, blood washed, Holy Ghost filled. Prayer warriors. Man, we're going to have fun. I said, we're going to have fun. We're going to change stuff like this. Look at this. A few months ago, the Family Research Council and the Barna Group, the Barna Group surveyed church-going, identifying Christians in America. Here's what they found out. Only 47% believe that when you die, you go to heaven only because 
of confessing your sins and accepting Christ as Savior. That means 53% do not believe that. Now, we're talking about Christians. Well, you know, Pastor, I haven't seen you for a while. Well, you know, Pastor, uh, there's a church close to us, and we've been going over there. What do they believe? Well, you know, I mean, they're good people. What, what, what do you believe? So-called Christians out of this church, out of this church, what a failure this makes me feel like. Go down the road and, and participate where they go out and have drinking parties after every service and they get keggers at their church events. You might identify as a woman, but if you can't have a baby, you can identify as a crow, but that don't mean you can fly. Stop identifying as a Christian and become one. Live like one. Pray like one. Have faith like one. Give like one. Woo! How many of you want that kind of church again? Well, shout then. Fifty-nine percent do not believe, do not believe that humans are born in sin. Sixty percent. Man, we got to get serious. You remember that story? where they broke in to the, to the tabernacle, they dug under there and went to stealing all the stuff out of the tabernacle. That's what's happened. And nobody sounded an alarm. That's where we're living. We're living in a day where the church is gonna arise out of the blurs of indistinction and become the church. Now, there may not be as many of us, but thank God we'll be mighty. Shakespeare said, she's little, but she's mighty. Hallelujah. More is not always more. Sometimes less is more. Ask Gideon. God said, you got too many. Let me refine 30,000 down to 300. And we'll win this thing. Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, no easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.